0: Good afternoon, everyone. It's Barnaby and Jules here. Welcome to another episode of South Sydney High School Science Podcast.
1: Our special guest today is Adelaide Dedden from the School of Biological Earth and Environmental Sciences at UNSW. She's currently working on a project that involves studying some of the large baleen whales in our ocean. Let's get Adelaide on right now because I'm sure we're all very keen to have a good chat. Hello, Adelaide speaking.
0: Welcome to our podcast, Adelaide, and thank you for joining us here today. We are very excited to talk to you about your work. Thank you. Yes, I'm excited to
2: share it.
1: Both of our nine marine classes have come up with some questions we would like to ask you. Um, Yeah. The first question is, what can you tell us about the project you are working on currently?
2: Uh, So my project is currently looking at different strategies behind baling whale feeding and spatial movement. So baling whales are, um, there's two types of whales all up. There's tooth whales and there's baleen whales. And, they, and baling whales have these keratin long filter fleet plate feeding plates, the same material as your um, fingernails and your hair. And what I'm doing is I am measuring at every one centimetre along these plates. I'm looking um, at different chemical components and these chemical components can tell me Um, from the past like around four years of previous historical information what they've been eating and where they've been going so I'm looking at this alongside different changes in the marine environment to see um, how climate change are affecting different sailing waves.
1: Wow that's so interesting. Um, Do you have to do quite a bit of travel
2: to uh, uh, work on your project? So because of it's quite hard to get a hold of baleen whales, obviously. So if any of them wash up on our beaches, I go and collect the tissue samples from them. But apart from that, most museums around Australia have um, baleens in their collections. So... They usually just send them to me at the university, and then I'll sample them and then send them back. But I have gone to a few uh, whale strandings and collected um, samples from them. But they're mainly juvenile whales, and I need them from adult whales. So it just depends on the age when they um, if they wash up. Yeah.
0: Oh, and um, what's the baleen whales population around um, Sydney area, or like around just the east coast of Australia? Yeah.
2: So um, there's quite a few different types of baleen whales. So one of the species right now is the humpback whale that's migrating um, from Antarctica up to our Great Barrier Reef for the breeding season. Um, so their population has um, pretty much increased back to a stable um, population size since whaling. So there's oh like 60,000, there's quite a lot. Um, uh, there's also we get like the very occasional blue whale that will be migrating um, around, but there's no sort of resident population along our East Coast. We've got uh, minky whales, they're baleen whales. They're up at the Great Barrier Reef. They're kind of there year round and you can go and swim with them. There's different swimming opportunities up there with them, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, the humpback whales are migratory, so they're not kind of year round, but that's the ones that we're seeing at the moment on their way up to the Great Barrier Reef.
1: Yeah, that sounds super cool. But um. We've got COVID nineteen happening, and is that like affecting any parts of your work recently?
2: Um. So some of the samples that I require from museums are unable to be sent to me at the moment, um, yeah. because they're not allowed to kind of do visitors or loans at the moment. Um, luckily, I have other things to work on from home, which is good. Um, I am able to go back into the lab now, which is good um, as well. But yeah, I think at the start it was a lot of working from home, which was okay because I had stuff to move on with. But now I'm, I'm kind of ready yeah. to get back into the lab because I've got some stuff that I need to move on with. Yeah.
0: Cool. So um, we've got another question, and yeah. the question is, what sort of marine creatures have you encountered during your work?
2: Um. Okay. So. Before I was doing this project, I was, I was in the same lab and still working on marine mammals and we were up in Harvey Bay, um, which is near Fraser Island up the North coast. And we were sampling the spray of whales off the side of the boat. Um, we also managed to jump in the water, um, with them and go for a bit of a swim, which was such a bucket yeah, That's great. <laughs> amazing. Um, so that was a really cool encounter. Um, That was specifically for work. But then I also like to go diving uh, recreationally. So, you know, I've come across like smaller species of reef sharks, lots of different fish and rays, um, some turtles as well. Hmm. Um, Yeah, Not. I haven't come across any kind of dangerous sharks that people like to tell tell stories about. But um, yeah, whales were definitely the kind of most amazing encounter I've experienced. Yeah, they're so
0: big and, like, massive. It must be so cool getting ri- right up close to them and stuff yeah. and, like, seeing them from a really close perspective. Absolutely. And you'd think people would be scared, but they're just so, like, majestic and gentle in the yeah. water. Like,
2: you feel completely safe with them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's really cool when you see them jump out of the water. They just, like, breach out of the water. It's, like,
2: yeah. It's very cool. And you can definitely, like, head to the, like, any kind of beach that you're around and you'll definitely see them um, yeah. doing that right now. It's very cool.
0: Yeah, so um, where do the wh- where do the whales migrate from and like where do they go to?
2: Um, so there's quite a lot of species of baleen whales, and they all kind of do different things. But I'll just do the um the humpback example of our east coast yep. right now, because that's what a lot of people will be kind of knowing about. So they they've just had their kind of feeding season down in Antarctica, and because it's, it's um turning into winter now, all their their um their main kind of primary food source is krill, and during winter krill. Um, kind of gets locked up in all the ice that's forming, so they have a mass decrease in their food availability. So then they, um, the, then they start migrating up north, and this is also beneficial as they're um, giving birth up north. So if they give birth in Antarctica, their um, their calves wouldn't have enough blubber stores to kind of survive because it's very cold down there. So that's another benefit of migrating up north to give birth. Up at the Great Barrier Reef, there's less predators, there's less killer whales, yeah. um, there's yeah, they can kind of build the um, build and hold the fat resources the carbs, for longer um, to enable them to mig- migrate back down to Antarctica with their mum, and then they'll have that feeding season. And but also, not all humpbacks will migrate every year. So sometimes it's alternate years. Um, we're not kind of too sure what's kind of driving that yet. But that's one thing that I'm also looking at. So do krill
1: live up north, or what? What sort of uh, things do the baleen whales eat?
2: Yeah, so their primary food source is Antarctic krill. That's down in Antarctica. Um So they have these kind of boom-bust cycles in summer and winter when their ice melts, they get released back into the water and that's when all the baling whales will be feeding on them and they've got to kind of rely on these large aggregations of them because they lunge feed into these big kind of packs of krill and then filter the water back out through their baling plates. Um, but though um, there's kind of new research that's showing that they are kind of opportunistically feeding on small fish and other smaller um, prey items on their way up to the Great Barrier Reef as well. So it's not primarily on Antarctic krill, but it's, that's their main food yeah. source um, during summer and then they will opportunistically feed um, on their way up as well.
0: Yeah, um, I always think it's so interesting how animals can like migrate such long distances, but like fast humans we're always just like staying in one spot and stuff like that. Like I yeah. know that that's like in whales as well but like also like other animals like birds and things like that it's just like i always think that's so cool and like it really interests me
2: yeah it's remarkable because they are mainly fasting for you know five months at a time sometimes so they've got to eat heaps to build up all these fat resources that they can kind of live off for up to four months at a time so yeah it is it's quite amazing they have all these cool wow. kind of processes in place that enable them to do that
1: that's that's so cool um mm-hmm. another question that we have on our list here um that like one of our students have asked uh do you have a favorite
2: marine creature oh that's tricky i do like i i do feel biased towards whales and i do feel yeah. like i need to say whales are my favorite marine creature i also love otters i think otters are just adorable and they have such cute personalities and they're so likeable um yeah so yeah i do otters are a very they're a hot second i think (laughs) yeah okay that's so cool um
1: Mm -hmm. have you seen firsthand the effects of pollution on sea life more like uh whales or the work you've
2: been doing yeah i i have come across um marine pollution as in I'll go with plastics. I have seen um, I have seen animals entangled in plastics. So it's quite devastating to see. I've also seen if I've gone to a whale washed up, sometimes there are bits of plastic, you know, in its mouth. Um, I haven't seen like a massive kind of entanglement situation, but there's it's, It is very evident um, in the environment, or even just you know, if going snorkeling or diving, there you'll see bits of yeah. plastic just in the ocean or on the ocean floor. Not necessarily impacting a certain fish or, you know, something living around it, but it, there is there is a lot of plastic in the um, marine environment. Yeah, it's quite, quite easy to spot.
1: Yeah, because we've had a few questions on that on one of our marine projects that we've done recently mm-hmm. and we, we've we watched a, a lot of videos containing the evidence of the pollution that's been happening. So, yeah, uh, yeah thanks for that.
0: No, um, okay. Yeah, also on that topic... Um, I've been snorkeling a few times and seen like you know those little bottle those like little plastic rings, um yeah. they're like on the on underneath the caps of the bottles and they usually come off. I've seen i yeah. um, like fish, like one on yeah. like around a fish and it's like obviously like stunted its growth and like it was it, yeah. it looked like quite an old fish because there had been there was like lots of um algae around the thing, around oh, the um, yeah. bottle cap and it, like it really just was it was a few a years ago and it just yeah. it really like opened my eyes to like what's actually yeah. going on with the uh, the world's plastic and, like, what yeah. um, pollution is actually and climate change is actually doing to our um world, our planet.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely becoming more of a kind of issue and it's becoming more obvious to kind yeah. of everyone to see, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, it can certainly affect, like, uh, sh- surely some jobs that will happen in the future, especially yours, where... These mm-hmm. whales, they won't be existing due to all this pollution and uh, this
2: climate change going on. Yeah, it's 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 hard to kind of know in one way because we're, like, um, like the research that we're doing is so important to kind of prevent this from happening yeah. um, and kind of know how they're responding to different environmental changes um, within the ocean. So, yeah, it's hard to know whether... It's going to become more of a like a job loss, or there's going to be more job opportunities because it's kind of like a fight to save the planet.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. I also um, I know that whales are actually helping climate change because I'm yes. pretty sure don't they bring up they bring up the um plankton and stuff off the bottom and that like sucks some of the like the All carbon the mixing, dioxide yeah. out.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're big. They they take in a lot of carbon and they yeah yeah yeah. That's even more of a reason that I wanted to work on them as well because they have such a great environmental impact.
1: Yeah, we need to protect these. Yeah. Another question that we have is,
0: have you ever been in a dangerous or even life-threatening situation
2: due to your work? Um, I don't think so. No, I because especially my current work, it's more um, lab-based and the field work is opportunistic. But no, I... I don't. Whales are quite gentle creatures, and yeah. when I've been in the water with them. It's it's a lot of fun. I never feel um, unsafe at all. So yeah. no, I've I've definitely heard stories of other people doing field work and coming across, you know, great white sharks. That's a bit scary. Um, but yeah, no, I've never been in one of those situations. Thankfully,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's really <laughs> that's really cool. It's yeah. like I I always think like working with those things and like with big animals, I reckon I would get so scared if I, like, like, I know I would probably say to everybody that, like, if I jumped in the water with a whale, I'd be fine, but I reckon I would be so scared.
2: Yeah, I think I was, I was similar. I thought I'd be scared. I got in the water, like, forgot about everything because it was just amazing. And then I got out of the water and I was like, oh, that was, you know, pretty far off the coast. That was pretty big water. Like, probably, you know, a lot of other things down there. <laughs> but it's amazing kind of what you kind of forget when you're in front of such a beautiful creature. Yeah.
1: So another question we got is, uh, what do you do in the lab exactly?
2: Uh, so I briefly mentioned it before, but basically yeah. so I get this failing um, plate, which is kind of thicker than your fingernails, but the same material, and it's about um, one to two metres long. And what I'll do is I um, measure out along one edge of the plate, I'll measure out every one centimetre and then I get a drill and then I'll drill and collect the powder from this keratin at every one centimeter, and then I have to squeeze it into this tiny little tin capsule that later gets um, combusted in the instrument that I use. Yeah, um, very technical, and <laughs> then yeah, I'll get the um the different carbon and nitrogen readings of that um of all those different positions, and then we get these beautiful oscillating values which show you know a whale's feeding and um spatial movement. Yeah. So yeah. does does that take a while? Um, yeah, the sampling can be time consuming but then the instrument you put it on in the morning and you can get all your results in the afternoon. So that part is fun. Oh okay, but, um, yeah, the preparation can be a, a little bit long but it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um another question that we've got is what's the coolest, um or weirdest thing that you've seen whilst working or like whilst
2: out in the field? Coolest or weirdest thing. Or both I think I'm gonna Or both. Yeah. yeah. I think it was I went to um I went to a whale stranding last year and it was uh, a male humpback whale. It was an adult, so it was it was quite big. I think it was around like 14, 15 metres long um, up in Newcastle. And the way that they have to get the whale out of the water um, was with these two big excavators um, kind of rolling the whale up the beach. And it was, it was, it was confronting yeah. to see, but at the same time, a lot of animals kind of just naturally die and it seems to be a, get a bit of hype in the media when whales wash ashore, but it's a very natural thing that happens. And as humpbacks have increased their population size since whaling, it's quite normal that we're going to see more and more yeah. um, whales wash ashore as their population has increased. So it was a little bit confronting, but it was quite incredible to see it, that up close as well. Um, but, yeah, that was quite – it was weird but interesting to see, I think.
0: Yeah, 15 metres long. That must have been pretty old. It was, yeah. We – yeah. Or do yes, like I'm definitely an adult. Or, or or do some just like grow bigger than others or No, they'll kind of they'll hit kind of like
2: their biggest size, which is usually around that, and that's kind of they'll stay that Oh size. Yeah. yeah.
1: So another question we've got is uh what made you decide to get in this
2: line of work? So in high school I was actually doing lots of creative subjects. I wasn't doing science at all throughout my high school schooling and then At university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I did a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Arts because that kind of encompassed every possible career option that I thought I would want to do. And then about one year through my degree, I kind of liked the science side of things a bit more and I was picking all these marine science electives because I was enjoying them. And then we got onto the marine mammal side of um, subjects and I was like, oh, this is definitely something I want to do. So I ended up dropping my Bachelor of Arts and just doing a Bachelor of Science so I could do a, um, an honours year on top of that, um, which was the same amount of time as a double degree. And then um, after doing my honours, which was working on the Southern Elephant Field, I wanted, knew that I wanted to be in research and that kind of required me to go back and do a PhD. So Yeah, yeah.
0: that's so cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, another question that we've got, this is our last question. What yep. advice would you give somebody wanting to get into a career in the marine and
2: aquaculture field? Oh, okay. I guess the first thing you need to establish would be, um, I'm kind of drawing on what I kind of went through, was I needed to establish whether I wanted to do um, research or if I just wanted to do a government yeah. job. Um, and then if it is kind of like you want to do, go down a more of a research field would be kind of what type of research do you want to do and have a look around at, um, different universities and see what labs they have and who runs those labs and if they have sort of like you know any volunteering opportunities that you can get involved with to see if that's the path you want to go down and if um, research isn't exactly what you want to do then maybe um, just have a look at marine science jobs that are available I guess the majority that I was looking at were kind of further up the coast because that was where more kind of whale stuff was to me but um yeah, kind of establishing at the start if re if it's research or if it's um, if it's yeah just yeah, like a research job because that kind of will determine whether or not kind of the level of you know if you need to go back and do a PhD or a master's or if you don't want to do research then maybe you know the yeah. an honours and a master's and then get a job or just try and get a job straight out of your undergrad um, would work quite fine as well. So um, yeah, just establishing what kind of marine science job you want at the start because there's so many that you can you know go for
0: yeah um yeah thank 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 you very much for um taking the time to talk to us adelaide that's okay it was a pleasure talking to
1: you Yeah. it's, it's been really cool and uh, i'm glad we've learnt a few more stuff
0: yeah
2: i hope i hope you have
1: That's
0: yeah it's yeah fun to very interesting that. talking to someone who knows who uh, knows what they're doing yeah knows exactly yeah. what they're doing <laughs>
2: Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I I'm glad I could do it.
0: That's too fun. Thank you. All right, bye. No worries. Thanks guys. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by South Sydney High School. Your hosts for this podcast were Barnaby and Jules.
1: Thank you to Mr. Benson for editing, and thank you to Mr. Callaghan and Mr. Spencer for coordinating this podcast. And a big thanks to our special guest Adelaide Dedon.